Thank you. Our reading today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 31. And as we prepare to hear God's word this day, let us pray. Eternal God, in the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. In the meditations of our hearts, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. Amen. So in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 31. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor, and our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, given the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ, individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But strive for the greater gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. This is the word of God. For us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So last week we looked at the call of Abraham as we continue um, these Sunday mornings thinking about our call as discipleship, disciples. We looked at the, God, at the call of Abraham in God's work through a particular person in the world. We named that Abraham's calling, that our calling as disciples of Jesus Christ, well, that it has a purpose. I will bless you, God said to Abraham. So that you will be a blessing. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Today and next week, we continue thinking about what it means as disciples of Jesus Christ to bless the world. One way we follow in the footsteps of Christ to bless the, war the world is through service. Lawrence shared today a little about how she saw her life as one of service. 
Um, she and I met last Wednesday night after our church fellowship meal because she just kind of wanted to take a minute to think through all she wanted to share. She shared about her job, how her job allowed her to serve many different people. Her job, her vocation, her calling was one of service. So many of you out there may be sitting there thinking, well, yeah, it was a little easier for her to bless the world through service. In many ways, I can say the same. You know, I didn't grow up seeing myself as a pastor, like at all. In fact, in college, when I first felt my call into ministry, I literally went to my dorm room and cried. I had a plan, and this was not it. It wasn't even in college like I was searching for a direction. I went to college knowing what I was going to do, knowing what my major would be, laying out my four years with ease. And as far as church went, while I grew up in church, church was always a part of my story. Um, I was always involved, even in college. Well, I had a plan for that as well. I would have a job, and I would go to church, you know, like normal people. But God had other plans. I finished crying, took some months discerning. I said, okay, maybe. But I really think I gave in at first because the next step was just more school. And I enjoyed school. School made sense to me. School I could do. Um, and in school, you're really not a preacher. You're just in school. I did eventually have to leave school when all the scholarship funding ended. And I had to enter the real world. But today, this is what I can share. I often have moments throughout my ministry where I just kind of stop and think, I get paid to do this. I get paid to practice discipleship. I get paid to study scripture. That book I've asked you all to read, well, I get paid to do that. I get paid to serve. I'm in my 18th year of ministry, and it's hard to even envision a life outside of this. You know, the life I thought I would lead, um, have a job and go to church like normal people. So sometimes I'll admit, I feel a little embarrassed and even a little guilty because to me, it's you all. You're kind of the ones out there in your vocation in your callings, in your retirement, in your day-to-day -day jobs, listening for that nudge, being disciples in the midst of the world. I mean, you're the ones that have to take vacation time for a mission trip. You may ask me how vacation was, but I get paid to do that too. You're the ones who have to give up your one free day of the week to go and serve, to get home from a long day of work and turn right back around and come to church, or get in really late from a football game and drag yourself out of bed for worship Sunday morning, maybe. <laughs> Florence, by sharing her story, 
she hit on something that we all need to hold. She told me last week that she felt a little guilty reading that Disciple Like Jesus book. Because there was a lot she felt like she wasn't doing. And then she realized her job was her way of being Jesus. Now, we can't all be nurses, for if we were, um, who would clean my teeth every six months? Who would handle the massive amount of paperwork that resulted from my parents' accident? Who would stock the shelves at Kroger so I could eat? Who would grow the vegetables and fruit that I buy? Who would turn my power back on after a storm? Who would fix my car when it stops, make the medicine I need when I get sick, deliver my mail, pick up the trash? One lesson that I hope um, we never forget from COVID is that there are a hundred or maybe thousands of little things that take place every day from people who largely go unnoticed and unappreciated that make my little corner of the world work, that make my little corner of the world better. We can't all be nurses. But God still has need of us. <coughs> but as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them. If all were a single member, where would the body be? Paul writes these words that we find in 1 Corinthians to a messy church. Division was everywhere. No one really wanted to listen to one another. The Christian church was still very new. People of different backgrounds and cultural understandings were joining, and no one was really sure how to act. So Paul writes this letter to a church full of diverse, imperfect people really struggling to be one. And he says, you know what? You all matter. The mosaic that is the kingdom of God is not complete if even one of you is left out or not allowed to shine. And the work, the work that we are to accomplish cannot be adequately done if we create division among ourselves and the unique gifts that make us each who we are are compressed into this homogenous image. We need not fear difference, nor be afraid of how we are different. We embrace it. We all have something to add to our communities. We all have something we bring to the body. Two of our compromands, Caitlin and Sawyer, where they read Psalm 146 for us earlier. It's a psalm giving praise for a creator who sees God's people and reaches out in love and mercy and justice. God executes justice for the oppressed, sings the psalmist, gives food to the hungry, sets the prisoner free, opens the eyes of the blind, lifts up those who are bowed down, watches over the strangers, upholds the orphan and the widow. I have a little star next to this psalm in this particular Bible. And, it's, and by that star, I wrote, story of which we are all a part. 
Now, I don't always remember when or why I write these little notes in my Bible, and I'll admit I don't remember when or why I wrote this one. But this story, this story of liberation, of feeding, of healing and renewal, that is a story in which I am happy to play a part. A story in which I am happy to be a part. For I am just in need as the next one of liberation, of sustenance, of healing and renewal. In Christ, we are called into this story. We are invited to carry on the story as we are using our gifts to serve the oppressed, the hungry, the prisoner, the beaten down, the stranger, the orphan, the widow. Do we each do all of these things? No. Because if all were a single member, where would the body be? One last image. Um, I was hoping Florence would remember and share a line she told me. She switched it up a little bit. But Wednesday night she said to me, I need to wash some feet that are different than mine. That's a powerful thing for me to hear. A reminder, I need it. I may get paid to do this, to practice discipleship, to study scripture, to serve. But I too must continue to listen for those places that God is calling me to go to serve, to learn something new from someone different from me. I must also let my own feet be washed as well. As life continues, we change. Our world changes. Our communities change. Our seasons in life change. Our needs change. But our call as disciples of Jesus Christ to bless the world remains. The story of which we are a part, the story of liberation, of feeding, of healing and renewal remains. In what ways am I blessing the world? How am I washing feet? What gifts do I bring to the body? Today we come to table and we remember that Jesus set a table with individuals, his friends, his disciples, who were different people with different gifts, their own strengths and weaknesses, their own struggles and challenges. Jesus called them to follow, to follow as he went forth to bless the world. And he challenged them to do the same as they are, because he knew that through the power of the Holy Spirit, they could. We come to table today and we remember the Corinthians who turned the table of the Lord into a place of fighting and division. But Paul says no. When you come together at table, come as one. Do not create division. Do not be afraid of how you are different. You all have something to add to the body. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, So it is with Christ. We come to table today as others do all over the world. And we receive a reminder of how wide and diverse the body of Christ is. We come as we are. And we allow others to do the same.
Amén.